Allen's a superstar. Stop being a hater, everybody. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Windchill Factor Podcast. I am your host, Justice General. You are listening to the Built-in Buffalo Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, today, I'll go solo. Uh, no special guest. Um, just me. But um, I'm going to, you know, get through just everything we've been through so far uh, in this week. Uh, preseason is finally over. Uh, so we have breaking news, I guess you could say. Uh, Daryl Johnson, Bam Johnson, was traded to the Carolina Panthers for a sixth-round pick. And there was people who really thought it was sensible. I don't think it's, like, awful. But... I did really like Bam Johnson, and I do think Bam Johnson has a lot of potential. Um, I understand he was kind of on the bottom of the depth chart as far as the defensive ends go, because for whatever reason, after not having any pass rush, we now have like a plethora of talent uh, at the defensive end. Excuse the train in the back. <laughs> but um so, like I said, we have a plethora of talent at the defensive end position. So somebody uh, had to go at some point, and it was going to be somebody, you know, with some type of value. And unfortunately, in my opinion, it ended up being uh, Bam Johnson. I think that Bam Johnson is – and I tweeted this. I said that the Bam Johnson trait was an L, right? Now, you can disagree, um, you know, your, your prerogative, but – for me, when I say that it's an L, it, it means the value that Bam Johnson brings, I don't think ultimately will, or I, I think that it'll be greater than the value of whatever the sixth round pick brings. You know, unless that pick is a part of some type of game changing trade, then I really don't know if it'll come to too much value um i don't think bam is worth a six round pick uh I, I would have liked at least a fifth round pick uh but you know you are you know you know that's kind of nitpicky i guess not really but i could see um i'm i'm not upset with the return uh, i don't i just think it's an l i think you know, in shared value, if we're talking about value, I think that Bam Johnson will give you greater value than the sixth round pick. So that's just uh, my opinion on that. Um, I personally would have liked to see maybe a Mario Addison, you know, go because uh, we've seen what Mario Addison can give us, uh, which, you know, wasn't a whole bunch. Um and he didn't really create that much pressure. You know, that was one of the weaknesses of our defense. I felt like I felt like it was a lot of times there was not very much pass rush at all. Guys got to stand back into the pocket and kind of pick apart the zone because those guys can't cover forever. So, like, if the, if the quarterback is not getting any pressure at all, you know, of course you're going to be able to 
find a hole in the zone at some point. So, you know, wide receivers are going to get open. So I think that now with a better pass rush, we'll be able to put more pressure on quarterbacks and they'll be able to, you know, they'll have to stick the ball into tighter holes and that'll lead to more turnovers. But I feel like Bam is young. He, we developed him. We see his upside. We see his potential. I think that he has a higher ceiling than most people do, I guess. People don't really believe in his ceiling, but I think he has a very high ceiling, right? So, um, and I think about how great our developmental team is. I, I say I would love to keep Bam Johnson on the roster. Mario Addison, you know, he's older. We've seen what he can do, uh, and I don't think that, he, I don't think, I think that Bam can give you more than what Mario Addison gave us last year, personally. Um, and, you know, like I said, he's older and, and everything else. He's, he's not going to be a potential, you know, in the framework of this team going forward. Like he won't be a important piece. I feel like Bam could be possibly be an important piece. So I feel like I would rather keep that over say a Mario Addison where, you know, we don't really know what he's going to give us, but see, he's neither here nor there. Um, you know, I trust wizard bean. He has seemed to be flawless, uh, you know, from, from this point. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, um, it was the end of the preseason and, uh, it was a damn good preseason. Honestly, very, very, Great preseason. Um, we went undefeated, three and zero. The Packers, the Lions, and the Bears. Um, Josh played this last game versus the Packers. It went absolutely crazy. Um, he was twenty of twenty six, I believe. Uh, two touchdowns, uh, two hundred plus yards passing. Absolutely, he he. The first drive, he went like ten of eleven. Uh, touchdown, like right down the field. It was absolutely beautiful to see. It kind of, not kind of, it really, really, really makes you excited to see what, what the team is going to be this year because the way Gabriel Davis was out there looking, it was uh, very encouraging. Um, Emmanuel Sanders looked like he fit in seamlessly. Cole Beasley is obviously Cole Beasley. Stefan Diggs didn't need to play. So imagine what happens when Stefan Diggs is playing. It's going to be scary, ladies and gentlemen. I'm letting you know that right now. And for the people who don't see it coming, y'all are about to be blindsided. Y'all do see it coming. Y'all just are stupid. I don't want to say stupid, but like, come on, bro. Like, I've I, I seen this thing. I hate to get this man any attention at all. But Nick Wright, he's, he's getting mad at people for chanting MVP. He says it doesn't mean anything anymore. It's lost its luster. Nick Wright. Josh Allen finished higher in the MVP standings than your guy did last year. So, like, bro, you got to shut up, right? <laughs> like, you can't like, you can't say that it's, it's uncalled for. If our guy goes 10 of 11 and, and you know, in the touchdown and finish 20 of 26 with two touchdowns, 200 yards in, you know, less than a half of football, that's MVP caliber game. Because that means if he plays another half of football just like that, that's 40 of 52 for 400 plus yards and four touchdowns. That's an MVP game. So I don't want to hear any of that. You don't have to deal with that because when he light up the Steelers 
And then he go ahead and he put the legal notice again, just like he did last year. There isn't going to be any people saying, oh, he's going to regress because it's a fluke and all this other BS, right? Because he, he already solidified it last year. You already know he's a problem. So now when he starts off the season hot as hell, maybe he'll actually get some valuable and, and actually fair MVP consideration because last year, we know at the beginning of the season, nobody took him seriously. It was always he's going to fall off. Russ is going to win MVP. Josh isn't even a real contender and all this other crap. Then, you know, Russ is the one that actually falls off. You know, Josh gets injured or whatever. He catches some little bit of bad luck. I honestly don't even think he played that bad. But, okay, if people want to say it was like this big old slump, I, I don't even think it was that big of a slump, honestly, statistically, especially when you look at what Josh was. To say he regressed back to that is definitely not accurate. Um, but then going forward, he is virtually the best quarterback in the league, right? Not only that, but you go on a winning streak uh, past the two games where you lost. Should have been a straight winning streak until the AFC Championship game. But instead, you know, the defense gave up a Hail Mary after Josh scored it should have been game winning touchdowns to Stephon Diggs, obviously in the left uh, bottom left hand corner of the end zone. But anyway, I feel like Josh did his job. So to say that Josh is an MVP candidate is very nonsensical. It's it's like you reaching for clicks. And I you know I guess you know you got me to click. So I I, I should be the one feeling stupid here. But I don't know. I just I, I don't know. I will. I don't feel like I'll ever say anything for clicks. Like I, I like football too much. I, I like to actually see what's going to happen because it's, you know, it's a mystery to all of us, honestly. But I, I do feel like I'm able to see the patterns and I'm able to see what's coming. So when I listen to people who are just saying stuff for clickbait and they have a like national presence, it's kind of it's kind of disappointing because. A lot of people depend on them for, you know, their opinion on stuff, right? Because a lot of people don't don't watch the games as closely as, you know, those of us in this fandom stuff do. You know, they don't watch film and take like we do. You know, they don't they don't have real life opinions on 53 players on the roster like we do, right? So when people are listening to somebody, I don't know, I'm, I don't want to just name people, but when people are listening to somebody and they're saying some absolutely wild nonsense simply because they need ratings, it's not fair. Like, that's not fair to the general public to me, at least. I mean, I feel like you should really just give your real opinion. But anyway, that's me. I don't mean to go off on a tangent. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, but very sad to see Bam go. Uh I, I'm of the belief that we could. I, I've told y'all this already before. Y'all, y'all know for me, I wouldn't be surprised if we went undefeated. Um, you know, obviously, I, people feel like that's unrealistic, and people feel like I shouldn't say that, but I feel like we can. I feel like there's not a game on our schedule that we can't win. There's not a game on our schedule we shouldn't win. If you ask me, the uh, the uh, the Chiefs are, you know, they bringing in a whole new offensive line. You know, we, we've gotten multiple chances to slay that dragon. This should be the year we do it. We have continuity on our side. And that's what nobody, well, I think maybe like a couple, one other team has. 
that, that continuity. We have it. We've had everybody virtually outside of John Brown switching him for Emmanuel Sanders. Now you got two slot guys in Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. Gabe Davis looks like a number one receiver. So him out is opposite Stefan Diggs. Are you kidding me? He's he's learning from three of the best route runners in the league. Gabe Davis is going to be a problem, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I really appreciate Manuel Sanders for coming on his journey to help us win the championship. And I appreciate all the game he's going to give to Gabe Davis because Gabe Davis is going to be the Lee Evans to Stefan Diggs, Eric Moltz. He, Gabe Davis is going to be that guy. I'm telling y'all this right now. Um, I really hope that Isaiah Hodgins is somebody who is able to stick around. I, I like him a lot, too. Uh, I also like Kumaro. I like Stevenson. Uh, I like <laughs> McKenzie. Like, I, I said this on multiple platforms now, but I really do feel like we're going to see a lot of talent have to walk out the door simply because we have nothing to do with them. Like, we, we can't do anything with them because we have too much talent on the team already. We have to watch guys like Kumaro walk out the door because we have five, six receivers better than him. <laughs> or McKenzie. We have to see guys like Bam Johnson go out the door because we have six, seven guys better than him. You know what I mean? So it's a little frustrating. It's going to be frustrating, especially at the beginning of the season. I've noticed because last year was really my first year kind of just – uh, like paying attention to what's going on in the preseason and scouting players and all this other stuff. Before I was just an avid football fan, right? Now I actually have a reason to watch football and stuff. So, uh, you know, I pay a little closer attention. Um, so yeah, we're going to see a lot of talent have to walk out of our doors, unfortunately. Um, I really would hope that, you know, we can get some return for some guys. Uh, like we've already seen some return for Bam Johnson. I would hope we would get to see some return for, uh, you know, maybe if uh, Stevenson would be able to make it on our practice squad, that'd be very cool. Um, we'd be able to see some return for someone like Jake Kumaro, you know, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, whoever isn't making the team right. Um, you know, so, and you know, we also need more offensive line depth, but I'm very happy with the offensive line we have now. You know, you kind of being nitpicky at that point because our roster is so well structured. It's kind of like, oh, okay. So, like, what's the weakest part? It's like, you know, offensive line depth is the weakest part, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily weak, right? Um, so yes, very, very happy with what Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean is doing for the one millionth time. I know you guys <laughs> love hearing us talk about uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. Um, they, you know, just absolutely have come in and, and changed the culture of the entire Bills organization. So uh, it, it, it it's very well deserved for people to, uh, you know, want to hear about Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean because everything they've done for the culture uh, in the city of Buffalo has been absolutely phenomenal. It's been game changing. It's been life altering. You know what I mean? Like just the vibe you get as a Bills fan, because this stuff means so much to us. You know, this this stuff is some of our lives, you know, is it, so important. And to have a good night 
a great team means so much to a lot of us. And I know a lot of us are very grateful uh, to be able to have a quarterback like Josh Allen. We would have never imagined. We would have never imagined. Who? How do you imagine having a, a Aaron Rodgers? How do you imagine having a Tom Brady? How do you imagine having a Patrick Mahomes? You know, we got a Josh Allen. It's like, you know, we got one of the top one, two, three guys. That's nuts in Buffalo. That's bonkers. We got one of, if not the best built team in the league, top to bottom. Like I said, we have to cut very talented people because they're just not talented enough to be on this great of a roster. That is nuts for the city of Buffalo for us to be, you know, just to, just to see, like, we don't get to see this. We, I don't know, well, me, I was born in 95. I've never gotten to see this. You know, I couldn't even be cognizant of football in, in 99, our last time making the playoffs. I remember my first time remembering seeing football was the the Patriots and um, Rams Super Bowl. Anything past that, Bills have been eh. So very grateful. Very, very, very grateful. Um, but I am very much looking forward to week one with the Steelers. Uh, I think that Oh boy, I didn't even I haven't even thought about it until now. But you got Jerry Hughes, Ed Oliver, Starlo Tulele, probably Greg Rousseau, rushing at Ben Roethlisberger. Holy cow! Oh wow, I think Ben is in a lot of trouble, guys. I really do, especially because. They don't have like a terrific run game. At least they didn't last year. Obviously, they went ahead and drafted, uh, you know, Najee Harris with their number one pick, but he's a little versatile. But we have very, you know, quick linebackers that can cover a lot of fields. So it'd be interesting to see how they handle him. I think they'll be able to do a just fine job because we have one of the better defenses in the league with one of the better defensive coaches in the league. And then he's a rookie running back. So he kind of gets a welcome to the NFL with like one of the great defensive minds in the league and Leslie Frazier and also Sean McDermott. So that is going to be probably brutal for, for Najee, uh, Najee Harris, honestly. Um, ben Roethlisberger is not going to be able to do what he did last year by throwing all those footballs the, the way he did. He's older. His, his arms just isn't what it used to be. Um, I don't think that the Steelers want to play that brand of football anymore either. At least they shouldn't, in my opinion. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see what the game plan coming out is, but unless it's like run the football down your throat, I feel like it's going to not work versus us at least. Maybe they'll get it together. And I feel like their defense is good, but Josh isn't the quarterback you want to play right now. Like in my opinion, I just, oh man, I just see Josh going absolutely crazy. He's looked great all training camp. He's looked great in all the practices. He's looked great in preseason, the, the limited time. We've seen him play a half, way longer than I needed to see. But, okay, you know, at least he made it out of there healthy. Thank God. Um, so, <laughs> again, you know, I'm, I just think that this team is going to be a juggernaut, you know, Um Special teams, Tyler Bass is looking like one of the best kickers in the league. I still have yet to see Tyler Bass miss. 
since the new league year started. So that's interesting. Matt Hawk is, you know, we'll see. Uh, but what from what I've seen in the practices, you know, he was, was punting some, you know, he was doing very well, you know, hitting some balls to, you know, drop at the one and just sit there. It was absolutely spectacular to watch. So uh, very excited. Um, but yes, uh, that is today's episode. Um, I really appreciate all of you guys for listening. Uh, thanks so much for supporting Built in Buffalo, the entire, you know, family. Uh, we've gotten so many new members, so please definitely go check out our YouTube shows, our other podcasts. Uh, we've got clips and, and everything. Like we've literally got so much stuff now, so much content for you guys. So please, um, thank you so much for your, uh, you know, the support you've given us and your continued support. Uh, and thank you for listening to Winchill Fox. Mencho Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Justice General. Thank you for listening to the Wind Chill Factor with your host, Justice General. Be sure to catch Justice every Tuesday only on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. <laughs>